Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. I want to thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, the Republicans have uh, barely had control over the House more than a couple of weeks. And, you know, the Democrats are freaked out, right? They're, they're, they're trying to demagogue the Republicans into submission of some type. And, you know, you guys know me. I mean, I'm not a Republican. I'm not, I don't care about the Republicans. I don't care about the Democrats. I think they're really two sides of the same coin. They, they just, they have a different view of what the government should be doing. But in, in their minds, uh, it doesn't matter if you're talking about Republicans or Democrats, they both believe that government has a, a large role in um, America's uh, success, its future, its its influence around the world. All these things um, have become uh, embedded within the deep state or uh, Republican-Democrat uh, politics within the Beltway in, in Washington, D.C. I mean, even the think tanks and, and just everybody that's with any kind of proximity uh, to the to the capital, just believes that um, the government not only should be doing all these things, but has the right uh, to do all these things and to keep them secret from the American people. Uh, this is just the way it is. Okay, they don't. There's no. There's no disagreement between Republicans and Democrats about that. The disagreements lie in, uh, you know, who's going to pay for it, uh, how big can the programs be, um, you know, this type of thing. They're, they're, uh, the Democrats don't seem to care how big something is or how, who's going to pay for it or how much it's going to cost as long as it furthers equity and uh, equality and, um, you know, benefits... Um, it kind of gives uh, the disadvantaged races a leg up. Uh, doesn't matter who that harms. It's just that it has to be. You know, that's just the way it is because of uh, Jim Crow or racism or slavery or whatever. You know, they just invoke some sort of past ill and say that uh, everybody today has to be subjugated. Uh, to this to this new standard because of you know some past history in the United States like the people living today really have nothing to do with any of this stuff uh, but the government justifies um, their authority to to layer on these these burdens on today's taxpayers today's economy um, today's population and this is uh, this is obviously. I mean, we didn't sign on for this, right? The 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 Declaration of Independence and 
and the ratification of uh, the Constitution don't obligate me for, you know, um, the past sins of people that founded America or used to live in America or now dead and gone like grandparents and great-grandparents. I mean, the, the whole thing is absurd. But, again, they agree that that this is the way it has to be. It's just they disagree about the means and the methods in which they carry these things out. So, but, you know, look, I mean, the, the Democrats likely did all kinds of illegal shit trying to get Trump out. And the Republicans are not happy about that. And so the Democrats are pushing back now that the Republicans are in power because they've got, you know, some, probably some oversight and some investigation work that they're going to be doing. And this has got, um, this has got people upset there in the Congress. So this week, as promised, Republicans who now control the House set up a new committee modeled after the famous Frank Church Committee of the 70s to investigate the FBI and the intel agencies which are playing what appear to be decisive roles in American politics. Now, that's an offense against democracy. You can have a democracy in which government agencies secretly work to control the outcome. That's tyranny, of course. No decent person should want that. But Republicans, rather than Democrats, rather, rather than welcoming the scrutiny and the transparency, the sunlight, are responding with panic. Watch this. Today, we have the first of their many demands on display, an open-ended investigation into whatever conspiracy theories may be headlining the right-wing echo chamber at the moment. Mr. Speaker, I rise in strong opposition to HRES 12, the Insurrection Protection Committee. This is all about deep state nonsense. Let's call it what it really is, the Republican Committee to Obstruct Justice. Russia is one of our most dangerous adversaries. We're in the middle of a national security quagmire. And to undermine that through investigations of the FBI and Central Intelligence is going to be extremely dangerous. The MAGA extremist fringe of the Republican Party will use this committee to push QAnon conspiracy theories and lies from Truth Social. They're going to use it to gin up fake investigations into non-existent scandals. I think we need to just start calling this the tinfoil hat committee. So I just want to highlight a couple there. Um, one of my favorite is the Sheila Jackson Lee quote about we're in a national security quagmire and this is going to this is going to disrupt you know whatever she said i mean what is she even talking about i mean the, the, look for those of you out there that that think the constitution you know is is great and we should be living by it where in the constitution does it say anything about an fbi where in the Constitution does it say anything about a national security uh, agency that can spy on Americans, uh, you know, whenever they want? I mean, in, in fact, it says just the opposite, right? We have the Fourth Amendment that says that Americans should be secure in their paper papers and uh, private effects. You know, it, it doesn't say... Unless the National Security Agency, you know, wants to investigate them or spy on them. I mean, this we have like 17 national security agencies now, or uh, intel agencies now. 
I mean, there, there's so many of them that, you know, there, there's no way that we can be free under that kind of uh, scenario. And I don't think it's too much to ask for the Congress to look into what these agencies are doing, specifically around January 6th. We, we talked about that before, that there's, you know, the, the Democrats basically did a hit piece on that. I mean, there was no truth discovered in that. There's all kinds of people that I've been identified in videos, and the J6 committee was not interested in them. Uh, didn't question them, didn't bring them before the committee, or if they did, they did it in secret, uh, and then that uh, information was removed from the report. Um, and then you got somebody, somebody in there talking about QAnon conspiracy theories. I mean, look, I follow this stuff as close as anybody, and I never even heard of QAnon until like I started listening to MSNBC and they were talking about it. I still don't really know what QAnon is all about. So the fact that the the people in government know what it's about, it just tells me that it, it's not even, it, it's such a small thing. I'm not saying it doesn't exist or the people talking about it don't exist. I'm just saying it's such a small thing that, it, you know, it's, it's like the, it's like these people are picking up on some minor, minor, minor thing that likely is some sort of conspiracy thing and they're trying to blow it up into this is what all MAGA Republicans believe. And I it just it's so disingenuous. Um and then they're just a bunch of liars really. And you know, to call people names in and and to to uh besmirch them and you call them tinfoil hat people and all this and it's just it's just it's deflection or I don't know what it is exactly, but it, it, underlying it all is some sort of fear of the truth. And, you know, if the Republicans can manage to dig into some of this stuff and really find out what happened and and get to the bottom of some of it, man, I'm all for that. Because there does need to be some sunlight on these activities. I mean, we, we cannot go on uh, much further with an FBI that when you ask them questions about, have you investigated this person? They just straight up tell you they can't answer that question because there's an on, ongoing investigation. And it's like, well, do you even know who this person is? I'm sorry, I can't answer those questions. Reveal sources and methods. I mean, they just hide behind all these things. And that's not what liberty's about. That's not what freedom is about. Uh, this country was created for free people. Um, and free inquiry, and free speech, um, and property, and pursuit of happiness, and really, you know, the the reality of it is 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 that none of that can can coexist with this uh, security state that we live in, and, and we're going to have to get to the bottom of some of this. Oh, so there's verification right there. If you're wondering if the federal agencies, FBI, CIA, and a bunch of others are actually being used as tools of the Democratic Party to change political outcomes, now we know for sure. Because if you're a government official and you are panicked at the idea that what you are doing will become public, you're doing something wrong. 
by definition. And it's not just the intel agencies whose behavior they want to keep secret. Democrats in Congress also don't want you to have any idea where the $100 billion went that we've sent to Ukraine. So we sent $100 billion to Ukraine and then Condi Rice, who's still talking about foreign policy in public, amazingly, announces this weekend that Ukraine is losing. Okay, so where'd all the money go? Well, you can't know that. What does Zelensky and his wife, what they do with it? This weekend, Joe Biden announced that we're gonna send still more billions to Ukraine this month. Today, we jointly announced, you've already gotten copies of it, a statement saying that we're going to increase the support for Ukraine. We are gonna provide the Bradley Infantry Fighting Vehicles, the United States, to the Ukrainians. And the Germans are going to provide the martyr infantry fighting vehicles that they have to the Ukrainians. And in addition, we're going to help defend Ukraine against Russian air attacks. Germany's also announced that today it's going to provide the Ukrainians uh, a, uh, um, uh, the, to deal with the air attacks, a Patriot air defense system. We're going to, we're going to, pro we're going to provide an additional Patriot air, uh, air defense battery. God bless him, you know, Joe Biden, man. I mean, everybody, you you guys all know that I don't have the best voice for radio or for podcasting. I sometimes get my words mixed up and get my tongue all tied up. But man, this guy makes me sound like Walter Cronkite or something. I mean, he is so bad. Um He's in, you know, and I don't think Joe Biden has always been that bad, you know, with mixing up words and getting his tongue all twisted. But, uh, man, he's bad at it now. He's just, I guess he's just like Tucker and these people say he's just too old. But, uh, yeah, so look, you know, we're going to be supplying these guys more. And, and I think, I think this, uh, analysis from Condoleezza Rice is, is telling because, um, if you got people like Condoleezza Rice talking about how Ukraine is losing, um, that is not good. I mean, well, it's not good for, um, the government, uh, of the United States. I mean, it's not good for Joe Biden. It's not good for all these people that are, that are pushing regime, regime change. Um, it's not good for Ukraine either, but, um, I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but I don't think anybody, at least the people I listen to, nobody really thought that uh, Russia would ever lose to Ukraine. I think that's mostly something that has has been circulating in the media because because the war has been going on for so long. But ultimately, Russia... Uh, will win this. I mean, they will, they will flatten that place to the ground. I mean, they already have, they've preserved, um, there's, there's huge areas around Kiev and important cities there that they haven't flattened to the ground, but make no mistake, if they wanted to, they absolutely could and would. So, um, but yeah, you know, we're going to send more stuff over there. And now Germany's going to send stuff. It sounds like a lot to me like NATO, the United States and NATO is fighting in this war against Russia. And this is a very dangerous thing. I mean, Russia is, 
you know, is, is, is a nuclear power. Um, they have a vast quantity of nuclear weapons and missile systems to deliver them. Um, it's a, just a very dangerous kind of, uh, of a game of chicken that the United States government and NATO is playing with, uh, with Russia. And I still think the energy question is a big question. I, I think, you know, we're not really fully into winter yet. And, um, you know, we could, we could see Europeans really, really suffering uh, this winter. And, and we'll see, you know, we'll see if they turn the gas back on or, well, I'm not even sure they can turn the gas back on because, uh, it looks like, uh, NATO and in the West, we basically blew up the, the gas pipeline. And so I, I don't know, I don't know how this is going to end, but it's not going to end with a Ukrainian victory. It doesn't matter how much money we spend on this deal or how many weapons we give them or how many photo shoots, uh, Zelensky does at the United States Congress, uh, none of that shit really matters. Um, the bottom line is uh, Ukraine just does not have the people, uh, the arms, or the, 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 the wherewithal to, to beat Russia in this conflict. This is crazy, but there's actually a reason for it. People are getting very rich from this. People are getting very rich from this. That's why Washington supports it. And very soon, we're gonna give you a case study on who exactly is getting rich from it. So many people who are promoting this war that is killing an endless number of Ukrainians are personally benefiting from it, and you should know that. But the cost to us is profound. In fact, we're sending so much military equipment to Ukraine, to Zelensky and his wife, that we're running out of weapons for our own military to defend our own country. And that's not a guess. The Secretary of the Navy, Carlos del Toro, just said that out loud, quote, with regards to deliveries of weapon systems for the fight in Ukraine, yeah, that's always a concern for us. If the conflict does go on for another six months or another year, it certainly continues to stress the supply chain in ways that are challenging. In other words, you can either defend Ukraine's borders or you can defend the United States of America. Which is it? All throughout history, the state has always profited from war. Uh, the saying is, uh, war is the lifeblood of the state. And, you know, our modern state is no different. Uh, we have these ginormous companies like Boeing, Raytheon, um, you know, just these huge um, defense contractors that, um, that essentially contribute nonstop to political figures. And for that, uh, these political figures vote to continue war. Um, this is this is the the racket that's being run in Washington D.C. And yeah, a lot of people are getting rich from it. In fact, um, and, and this is a little bit of speculation on my part, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I mean, we saw a little bit of this with the FTX uh, scandal. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of indirect quid pro quo going on with, you know, con uh, contributions from the United States and money and weapons, and then money coming back to politicians directly in the form of, uh, you know, payments of some type. Um, I mean, we're starting to learn that Joe Biden, for example, was charging rent to Hunter $50,000 a month 
to live in his house in Delaware. And oh, by the way, that was the same amount of money that Ukraine was paying Hunter Biden. So was this just a way for Ukraine to pay Joe Biden, you know, by just having Joe Biden charge Hunter Biden rent on his house? You know, who knows? But, uh, you know, a lot of this is just, it's, it just smells bad. It looks bad. And um, it, it's not exactly clear what our interest is in Ukraine other than to keep Russia's influence out of Ukraine. Which, I don't know, even with all this war, that may be hard to do. Uh, there's a lot of ethnic Russians that live in the in the Donbass region. Now, maybe they just move, maybe those people end up moving to Russia. And, you know, the Donbass is just laid barren or something. I don't know. But um, traditionally, there's been a lot of ethnic Russians living in Ukraine. I mean, the city of Kiev used to be Kiev under the Soviet Union. Kiev was a, it was a, a famous Russian city for, you know, a lot of years. So um, I, I just, you know, we're, we're trying to drive a wedge into something that really um, is hard to drive a wedge into. And, um, and of course, war, I mean, nothing, <clears throat> nothing drives a wedge into something like, like war, you know, um, distant cousins killing each other. Um, over, uh, you know, this uh, political dispute. And it's really not so much even a political dispute. It's really a dispute about um, who's going to provide the sphere of security for Eastern Europe. Is it going to be Russia? Or are we going to pull push NATO right up to Russia's border and threaten, and threaten um, Russia's influence over the region that borders their country? Well, most members of Congress are choosing Ukraine, which tells you everything. But a small number are coming to their senses. In the House, Thomas Massey of Kentucky is one of them. We've spent more in Ukraine, the U.S. Congress has, than we spend on all of our roads and bridges in an entire year. The entire infrastructure of this country, the roads and bridges, the real infrastructure. We don't spend as much on that here as we've spent on Ukraine in nine months. I think that's despicable. Our priorities are all out of whack. And I'll, I'll finish with this. We're trying to get the documents here to find out where the money went. What we really need is a full audit. So this is a crime against our country being perpetrated by the Democratic Party with the full buy-in of most Republicans. But a few have dissented. Yeah, you know, a few have dissented and uh, are, are the good guys. You know, one of the one of the ways that I've been able to, or in in my own mind, I try to figure out who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. The good guys are essentially, and this isn't always true, but they're essentially the ones that aren't rich in Congress after ten years. You know, after somebody's been in Congress for ten years or in the Senate for ten years, look look to see what's happening with their net worth. If their net worth is going up at a rapid rate, they're probably not one of the good guys. They're probably a crook. You know, they're they're trading stocks based on uh, their their pre market knowledge. They're um, running some sort of grift. 
that pays them directly or pays their campaign, which then they get to transfer some of that money to themselves personally. Um, these are just grifts. You basically have, basically, people in the government are like mafia people, okay? The difference is, is they just create laws that benefit them. The way the mafia works is the mafia works, um, works, you know, against the law, right? They're, they're, they're constantly, uh, looking for vices and things like that, that people want to do in society that are against the law. And then the mafia, you know, makes that possible, makes it, makes what the people want to do possible. Uh, whether it's kill somebody or run drugs or it doesn't, it, whatever. Okay. Whatever's illegal that the mafia does. The difference between what the mafia does and what the government does is the government just creates a law first that makes it legal. So that'd be like, that'd be like if the mafia was in charge and you said, you know, Hey, uh, murder's legal. And then all of a sudden one day you wake up and they're killing more people than anybody. You know, the mafia is, that's the way the government is. They, they pass some sort of law that makes something legal. And then you wake up one day and they're the ones doing it all, you know? And so that it's just something you, you, you got to kind of look at. You can't, uh, there's nothing noble about what's happening in Washington, DC. There are no good guys. There's no, there's no white hats and black hats. You know, the Republicans aren't the white hats and the Democrats are the black hats. These, there's bad people on both sides and you have to, you have to, uh, you know, kind of dig a little deeper to try to figure out who's who. But, you know, I I don't know. This whole Ukraine thing really bothers me because, well, one, people are dying. You know, there's a lot of people dying, a lot of innocent people, you know, dying. Uh, these missiles are hitting apartment buildings. You know, you hear about people dying. I saw on TV yesterday or today, a helicopter crash near a school and it killed some people that were just bringing their kids to school. So it killed some kids and their parents and just horrific stuff. I mean, I think one of the problems we have in the United States is we don't, we don't have a sense of what it's like to have stuff in your neighborhood blowing up. Or your local uh, grocery store, you know, getting bombed by a missile or whatever. We we just don't we don't have a sense of that. So we don't we don't really we can't really relate to what's what these people are having to live through. And just think of the disruptions to the market. You know, I know a lot of you get up every day or maybe three times a week and go to the grocery store. Well, you know, that's not happening in these countries. They're having to. They're having to scrounge for food and stuff. Their supply chains are all screwed up. Um, the consumerism there is is much different than than what we're experiencing here. And so, I, I just think Americans need to do a, a little bit more work to try to understand what what's created in these conflicts and 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 look hard at at our country's involvement and really see that as evil. So, look, I'm, I feel like I'm starting to preach, so I'm going to go ahead and shut it down. But, you know, hopefully you've, you've uh, you, you know, you like this conversation. It's something that's helping you, you know, think a little bit about what we do as a country. 
And look, the, the reality is we're voting for these people, right? They think, you gotta, you got to look at it from their perspective. They think they're doing what we want them to do because we're voting for them. As far as they, as far as they're concerned, they've they uh, they're representing us, <laughs> right? Because they have our vote. So what they're doing must be okay. And uh, this is the way they look at it. You know, they had the consent of the governed. And of course, you know, in a two-party system uh, where you're as polarized as we are as a country, you know. Okay, you vote for the Democrats, and that means I want you know ninety percent tax rates, or, or I vote for the Republicans, and that means I want war in the Middle East. You know, no, it doesn't necessarily mean that. So, we just have to be careful about the way we understand our government and what they, you know, are authorized to do and what they think they're authorized to do, and we need to start you know pushing back a little bit. So, hopefully, hopefully you you're kind of thinking about that some and, uh, you know, talk to some people about it and see what their thoughts are. But um, I just I just think we need to be more aware of the influence that we have around the world and, and the way we're uh, flexing our muscles or using our influence, whether it be our money, uh, our military, uh, whatever. I think it's all, it all comes down to, you know, does it, does it align with our principles as a nation? And I think if you if you look at our principles as as they're laid out in the Declaration of Independence, the the Constitution of the United States, I, I don't see how you come to the conclusion that this stuff that we're doing is okay, whether it's domestic spying or if it's foreign, you know, uh, meddling in other countries and their politics and their elections and things like I just don't see how any of this is okay. Um, but look, like I said, I've rambled on long enough. Uh, I'm going to wrap up the show today. Come back tomorrow. If you do, I'll be here to do it all over again.